Jordan Wilkie joins me now. He's our elections reporter at Carolina Public Press, also a reporter through Report for America. And Jordan, you have quickly become one of the state's uh, leading reporters on these election matters in North Carolina. For folks trying to understand about the outstanding ballots in our state, you know, what do you know? Well, North Carolina has a process that it follows in every election, and that means that early votes and by-mail votes uh, that are cast before Election Day are all counted and submitted on Election Day along with Election Day votes. So there's a relatively small number of ballots that the state counts uh, in the 10 days after the election, and that's just what we're waiting on now. Most counties are meeting on November 12th or on November 13th to count their ballots, But a couple of them, including Mecklenburg, will meet earlier uh, to count their votes. And so we'll uh, see slowly, day by day, uh, some of the vote totals change um, in this state. And these absentee ballots that have to be counted, how many are we talking about? Well, that's a really good question that everyone's trying to figure out. Uh, The math is a little rough here. Uh, Basically, what folks are doing, including the State Board of Elections, is taking the total number of requests from voters Uh, subtracting the number of people who returned their ballots already, and then subtracting again the number of people who decided to vote early in person um, instead of using their by-mail ballot. But that leaves a few things out. Um, It leaves out the people who voted in person on election day instead of uh, using their by-mail ballot, and we just don't know those numbers yet. Um, And it also leaves out the number of people who are just not going to vote. So it's unclear exactly how many outstanding ballots we have. Um, The state also reported uh, just over 40,000 provisional ballots. Historically, North Carolina counts under 50% of those, um, and some of them they count partially. So the votes for the top line races, the statewide, you know, presidential, senator, um, those will count. Um, But even with the provisional and the maximum potential number of outstanding by mail ballots, it seems uh, extremely unlikely that the results will change uh, for the presidential or senatorial uh, races um, across the state. But there are down ballot races such as the NC Attorney General and the uh, North Carolina Chief Justice of the Supreme Court um, that may have a different outcome. And one question that's been rattling around in my head is reconciling some of our outcomes in North Carolina. Governor Cooper won re-election. You know, that's not something that seems to be debated. But, you know, as you mentioned, there's other races um, that if someone was going to vote straight down ballot and vote for Cooper and then Josh Stein, you know, Josh Stein is not seeing those same results. You know, what do you think about that as you look at those kind of results? Well, one thing that um, every election in the country sees is that the further down ballot you go, the more drop off you have. So voters who uh, vote the top of the ballot vote president. Um, then there are some of them who only vote that race and then don't vote the next race down. Um, and that, that goes on all the way to the end of the ballot. Uh, so there are more people who voted for the president and then more people who voted for the governor and then more people who voted for lieutenant governor than all the way down the ballot um, when you get to your you know, soil and water conservation district um, folks. So part of it could be that simply people were more motivated to get out and vote for the president and governor um, and just didn't know about the eternal gen- attorney general race and didn't feel like they wanted to cast their vote there. Um, so, I mean, that could be part of one explanation. Um, another is that, you know, um, People are affected by different outreach campaigns in different ways. Not all races have the same kind of outreach. So certain races may have touched certain groups of voters that the top line races did not, um, or vice versa. 
Um, and the decision-making process for voters is, is fairly complex and um, it's, you know, it's uh, very difficult to say why voters chose one way and not another. North Carolina does have a long history of this. Um, you know, in 2016, North Carolina voters very narrowly elected uh, Governor Cooper, um, but also chose uh, much more substantially uh, President Trump uh, as their uh, presidential candidate in that year. We also seem to have a history of mixed ticket governor, lieutenant governor here in this state. Is that typical or are we an anomaly? North Carolina splits the ticket uh, up and down uh, the races in the state more frequently than most other states in the country. Um, it's uh, North Carolina does have a long history of having um, Democratic voters, especially older white Democratic voters, uh, voting Republican. Uh, and sometimes, you know, depending on where they're looking on the ballot, we'll vote uh, Democrat somewhere and Republican elsewhere. Uh, and we also have a very substantial number of unaffiliated voters um, that may choose to vote Republican at a primary. Um, and then make different decisions on their uh, general election ballots. So North Carolina has sort of a, a flexibility of political allegiance um, in their voter base that a lot of other states don't really see. There's a lot of folks that are surprised that North Carolina appears that it might be colored red on the presidential election map. Is that something that surprises you as we, you know, we were anticipating what would happen? No. Um, North Carolina was um, polling to be a toss-up race for the presidential um, and the U.S. senatorial race. Um, there have been very winnable races for Democrats in the last uh, four years, especially in 2018. Uh, the Democrats didn't win. Uh, and this year, a lot of people were hoping that the um, statewide race outcome would be different. Um, for presidential than it was in 2012 and 2016. Uh, but, you know, it was close. Uh, and so sort of the expectations in the polls were correct and that it was a very close election. Uh, but it's no real surprise that uh, the state remained uh, Republican uh, Republican-leaning state for the presidency. And I know that um, we likely will soon know the outcomes of the presidential race and many of these other races, uh, but your work is just beginning. I know you you are, you are and the team are following some trends and, and things that need to be addressed um, regardless of the outcome of this election. Yeah, that's right. The purpose uh, and the reason why I was hired, uh, you know, my job description is to look at the administration of an election uh, and make sure that it's carried off in the best way possible. Um, and now when we're getting more and more data in on the election, we're getting more and more voter experiences on the election. Now's the time to really uh, collect all of that and look at uh, voter experience and see you know, what lessons can be learned from this election. Um, make sure we're not uh, discovering things that went wrong uh, you know, as we, we get further and further away from election day. Um, and yeah, so you know, a lot of people are starting to relax into the results. And this is this is really uh, over the next couple of weeks where our work picks up. I know what some of those stories are you're working on, and they're exciting. We'll just leave it at that. I guess they call that a teaser in the TV business. So. All right. Well, I'm glad people are uh, paying attention to election administration. It's uh, not a super sparkly, exciting 
uh, field all the time, but it's one of the most important ones, in my opinion. Agreed. And, you know, the first presidential race I covered as a reporter was back in 2000. I'm dating myself um, with Bush and Gore. And uh, we've come a long way in our analysis of how elections are administered. So uh, it's nice to see. All right. Jordan Wilkie with Carolina Public Press. This is an evolving story. You can find the latest on our election coverage at carolinapublicpress.org. This is Stephanie Carson reporting.